Hey, welcome to another episode of G220 Radio. This is Ricky Gantz, joined with Mike Miller, and we have Pastor Edwin Ramirez with us this week as our guest co-host. You can't really do a series of proverbs without having, as I was saying to him before the show, the proverbial life on the program with us. So uh, we want to thank you for coming on the program with us tonight. Uh, Mike, how are we doing, brother? How's things going with you? Doing pretty good. Um, I got to make a road trip out to Nebraska this week. Uh, my great aunt died. Oh, sorry she to hear passed that. Away. Um, she was a Christian, at least for as far as I know. And so thankful that you know, we'll be able to see her again. Mm-hmm. But it's never a fun trip. Um, we'll have to drive about 13, 14 hours um, Thursdays when we're going out and then come back. So. And then well, you have the SBC going on. So yeah. just sorrows upon sorrows. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely keep you in our prayers when I ask the the watch, those who are viewing, listening, whether those listen later on the um, <clears throat> at the podcast to uh, pray for you in your travels and pray for what's going on with the SBC. I mean, we should probably do a show on that at some point here and talk about all the inner workings and things that are that are happening uh, with the SBC there. Uh, Pastor Edwin, uh, again, we're happy to have you on the program. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about the proverbial life as well, and then we'll get into going through Proverbs 16. Yeah, great. Well, thank you for having me, brothers. I appreciate you all. And uh, my name is Edwin. I am a uh, husband of one wife. We have four children, uh, one with the Lord. And my wife and I have been married for 12 years, 13 years. I always get, I'm always a year off. So if we've been married 13 years, I'll say uh, 12 years. And so my wife is the one who always corrects me with the dates. And so we've been married, I think, 13 years now. Um, but but yeah, love my wife, my kids, my family. Uh, I'm the pastor of a church here in Western New York um, and have been here officially as the pastor for about a year and a half prior to that was a member of this church and then also serving as an interim uh, in that time span as well. So um, doing well, um, looking forward to going through the Proverbs, the, the proverbial life uh, in, in short is a podcast where we just talk about we, me, I talk about, uh, you know, just practical topics pertaining to uh, wisdom and uh, living wisely. And so my my theme is uh, look to Christ, live wisely, leave a legacy behind for generations to follow. And so we want to, you know, go to God's word, which is the standard of truth. And then we want to give practical application on how we live in light of that truth. And so, uh, and, and the neat thing about uh, the proverbial life is that, you know, it's uh, it's it's ever growing. That's the Christian life. We we always reforming, and so I don't claim to you know be someone who who has this this vast array of knowledge and um and and wisdom. Yet someone who's trying to be more like Christ, just like any other Christian. So, uh, thank you guys for having me on, and looking forward to to breaking bread. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. As we've said many times on this program, as we've been going through the Proverbs, there's so much wisdom here and Mm. we want to glean from it. Uh, This is why we bring guests on uh, so that we can chop this up together. We can kind of learn from one another and some insights can come out uh, from as we're looking through this, because again, we all want to continue to grow in our understanding of God's word. I know it was said to me once before, I'm sure you guys have heard this as well, that you could read a proverb every day, a chapter of the Proverbs every day, mm-hmm. 31 chapters, you know, usually 30 or 31 um, days in a month, and you could get through it and have a lot of that wisdom 
that you're just reading, taking it in, taking it in. Um, and so we're going to try to do some of that here tonight as we look at Proverbs 16. Last week, if you want to go back and look at any of our uh, episodes on Proverbs, we went through verses 1 through uh, 18 in chapter 16. And tonight, we're going to do 19 through 33. And so we're going to go ahead and jump right into it. And so here we go. We're going to read this and then do like we do. We're going to uh, just kind of start to... Go through it verse by verse. Uh, it is better to be of a lowly spirit with the poor than to divide the spoil with the proud. And Pastor Edwin, will come to you first. Anything you would want to say right jumps off the bat with you in that verse there. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking at the ES, ESV translation and uh, ESV version, and it says, how much better to get wisdom than gold, uh, to get understanding than to be chosen rather than silver. Um, and so you, you see initially just the comparison, um, and and I was reading some commentaries on this, and them referring to you know obviously the the fullness of wisdom being Christ Himself, um, you know to 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 obtain and possess Christ is the greatest treasure that a person can have, and uh, to to have um, less than that is to be devoid. Uh, is to be bankrupt, is to be empty, is to be lacking and wanting, and um, and so so you know as believers, um, we we have the sufficiency um, of of you know of all that this world has to offer, right? Christ is as it says in Colossians, He's all in all, and so you know the world has gold and treasures and riches, and and yet in Christ. Um, we, we, he, he, he has possession over those things and he may or may not grant those physical things to us. And yet in him, we have everything and we're rich. Um, and so it's much, and so the, the proverb is much better, right? It's, it's, you, you, you compare anything, um, to wisdom and, and it's much better. And then to get understanding, is is to be chosen rather than um, rather than silver, and so the, the idea in, in the NLT of that verse is it says uh, to get to get wisdom than gold and good judgment than silver. So so wisdom and judge and and good judgment and sound thinking and understanding all that comes from the Lord, and it's much better than anything on the opposite. You know, to the contrary. So uh, those are some initial thoughts. Mike. Yeah, I think. Um, sorry, I'm a little confused. Were you talking about verse 16? I just want to make sure I'm in the right verse. I thought we were at yep. 19. Okay. Well, we're, we're right. starting in 19. Uh, oh, Edwin then, took us back. He took us back. He wants to go great, back. He wants to go that. back and start. Oh, man, right. it's great. It was great. Was it was. I was a little confused. I mean, you guys I was just thinking. taking it in. I was like, I was going to listen and learn here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, guys? You know what? We'll start at verse 19. I think that's a good spot. <laughs> All right. So verse 19. Um, can I get a redo? Yeah. Okay, that's how we rewind it back in the day. I don't know if you know the the, the tapes, the mixtapes. Yeah. Like, hit the rebound, right. rerun button. All right, verse nineteen. So it is all right. So same thing, right? So it is better. Same same theme again. It is better to to be of a lowly spirit with the poor than to divide with the spoil. Um, so so again, this theme of it being better, um, you know, of a of a 
spirit. And in fact, in verse 18, where it talks about a haughty spirit, um, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before um, before a fall. Those two verses go together because he's saying pride, it, 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 it puts itself up high, right? Where, where humility or this lowly spirit, it brings itself low and, and, and it, and and it is it is it is identified by people. It, it is it is identified by humility, right? Mm-hmm. Those those who are the right the poor in this text. Those are people who are dependent. Those are people who who um, are reliant on um, aid and assistance. And that that is the spirit that the that that the godly have. That is the spirit that the humble should have. The lowly spirit should have. We're dependent on the Lord. And it's better to be identified that way than to be identified with those who, who have the spoil, right? Those, those are the people that are the proud, right? Those are the people that are lifted up high. And so it's better to, you know, and, and, and again, you think about even um, Christ's ministry, his earthly ministry, he identifies himself with the low. He doesn't identify himself with the high, Right. And so so ident- wisdom finds itself being identified in this manner and and um, pride or folly finds itself um, being identified in the opposite manner. And so, um, you know, it's just and I'll shut up after this, but it's just striking, man, where, you know, in the kingdom of God, it it, it looks like the people of God are always losing. It, it looks like we're always being uh, downtrodden, that we're always, you know, and yet um, Christ Christ is our all in all. Christ is our mm-hmm. King, right? And so just even to see that in the ministry of Christ in this verse is, is humbling. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Mike? Yeah, you think of, you know, verses like God resists the proud, but gives grace to mm-hmm. the humble. Um, we read earlier about God's hatred of the pride prideful person Mm. um because they set themselves up in opposition to god Mm. and to think about just how that would to look of one trying to divide things up with prideful people who think they deserve or that they should be exalted and if everyone is prideful, just that kind of dog-eat-dog world it creates. Because it's all about me. It's all about what I think I'm entitled to or what I deserve in the exaltation with me. Where the lowly spirit, I mean, Jesus' admiration, blessed mm-hmm. is the poor, for theirs is the mm-hmm. kingdom of God. And to think about this humble spirit to be with the poor and in one sense being able to rely on God as pastor um, was mentioning. And just to, to think about even like Philippians that Paul mm-hmm. can do all things because he's content with mm-hmm. what God has given to him, whether he was rich or poor and to, to think about do we set ourselves up in a deserving matter or realize that our life at the very core is dependent on something bigger and greater than us in the creator God? Yeah, 
Absolutely. And as you both said, you know, like Christ being um, shown to us as the wisdom, he is the power and wisdom of God is what the scriptures tell us. And so as Proverbs is, is speaking to us and we see this wisdom that is in Christ, this greater, the greatest example that we can look to. Uh, another example comes to mind, not as great, but one that the scriptures speak of um, where we can kind of look at this and contrast it is in Luke 18, 10 through 14, where you speak, you see the publican who beats his chest you know, he beats his chest and he's crying out for mercy. And then you have the Pharisee who's like trying to justify himself. Like, I'm glad I'm not like this guy over here. Right. And so I think that's a, a good example to look to as well. All right. Moving hey, on to go, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to slow anything down, but you know, there's, there's something else that's really pretty intriguing about this. Right. Um, and this is kind of what I was getting at earlier with the verse that I wasn't supposed to be speaking on. Um, but, but so, so like it, right. So, so think about this idea of dividing the spoil. You think about this idea of spoil, right? I, there's, there's, there's a couple illustrations in the Bible that come to mind. One is um, Israel, right? The Israelites, they're being, they're being um, redeemed or they're, they're being rescued from Egypt and and what and and what happens, right? They they have this spoil that God lets them plunder. Mm -hmm. It's yours, right? Now now it wasn't theirs prior to God admitting them, you know, permitting them to have it. But 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 now now that God grants this to them, it's theirs, right? Now now everything in Egypt was the Lord's, right? All, all things belong to Him. So, so they were, they were, Egypt was borrowing it. Right. And so, um, and, and, and so now God, he, he vanquishes them and he gives it, he gives it to them. Now there's another illustration. Um, think of Elisha. Remember his servant, mm. he, he, he was a uh, poor, right? He was a servant and he wanted the spoil, but it, but it wasn't given to him by the Lord. He, he lied and was deceptive in doing that. And so it, it I think there's something in here too, man, about, um, you know this this love for the world right um you know w wanting wanting things the the humble person um says lord your will be done grant whatever you permit in your timing right the 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 prideful person um you know they 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 want to pursue the spoil they they want it at their cost and and you know maybe even like the man who um in in the book of acts you know wanted this gift of the holy spirit so that you know he would be lifted high you know and people would recognize how powerful he was and so there's something in here man that remind that that teaches us something about the importance of being low when when you're made low right christ gives you everything when you make yourself high you lose mm -hmm. everything yeah Right. And and there's there, there's something to that man about humility that that is identified with being in Christ. Yeah, that's good. That's good right there. All right, verse 20, it says, Whoever gives thought to the word will discover good, and blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. Mike, we'll come to you first. Yeah, I think this is Proverbs way of in short form of what we see in Psalm 1. You know, mm. blessed is the man who not walks in the way of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits at mm. the seat of the scoffers. But his delight is the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates both day and night. When we think about that that verse, so important at the beginning of Psalms, sets the, 
the the tenor. Um, even when we consider what Psalm 19, the largest chapter in the Bible devoted to God's law, devoted to God's mm-hmm. word. I think if this verse calls us to give thought to God's word and mm-hmm. how God has proclaimed it to us, not only in the fact that we have translations that we can read it, but and that we have the opportunity to not only read what others inspired by the spirit has said or we get to hear on sunday mornings our pastors led by the spirit to preach and when we think about devoting our time to the word mm. we discover good we discovered what is good in our lives. And in there, we discover who the Lord is that we trust. And we find a blessing in trusting in the Lord. And we see that not only, not only in how God gives us wisdom, that we're not tossed by everything that happens to us, but we have a sure and steady anchor through this stormy life. But that he also protects us through the valley of the shadow of death. Mm. And that's the one whom we trust. And so giving attention to not only God's word, but the wisdom given to us by the spirit who inspired the word to live in our Christian's life. And this is not just me and myself by the Bible. This is me Mm -hmm. within my church, within the larger stream of faithful gospel preaching from the beginning of time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, Pastor Edwin, what would you like to add? Yeah, that's those are those were great observations, Mike. Um, because you know, there's some key words in this 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 uh proverb you think of because you just mentioned this doesn't happen in isolation, right? This this mm-hmm. you think about the Jewish context, this happens in community. Um, and then you take that into the to the into the New Testament. This happens in community, in the context of the local church, right? Paul and James and the other writers of the New Testament are writing to local churches, right? And if they're not if they're not specifically to a local church, they're they're to several local churches, right? Uh, you know, I'm writing this so that you would also, you know, the, um, the book of Colossians is written to a local church, but then it is also to be, uh, you know, read to Laodicea and Hierapolis mm-hmm. and in all these other places where the word was supposed to be read in this community context. And and so we, so that so that's a great observation because you think of this idea of instruction, right? This is the premise of Solomon's writing, right? So he S- Solomon is writing. And he's instructing his son. He's he's teaching him, which means that his son needs to be taught, needs to learn, which needs he needs to humble himself and honor his father, right? Honor his teacher, uh, and 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 ultimately in doing so, honoring the Lord. And if you do that, then then you will prosper. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, then you won't prosper, right? The same could be said on the opposite end. And so, um, and and also the connecting point, right? Uh, those, this is the NLT, those who listen to instruction will prosper, right? Uh, and that prosper, you know, 
it means like blessed, right? Or or some translations say happiness or blessed. Um, so so you you will prosper, and then those those who trust the Lord will be joyful, will be blessed. And so if you if you take heed to God's word, if you take heed to the instruction of the 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 word that others who who love God give to you then then you'll be blessed you'll be happy and 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 we can just flesh that out practically um you know even even concerning social media right um because it's it's easy to make that disconnect well this this isn't my local church this is mm-hmm. social media i i've found myself in the past not taking heed to people that that are that that are all in purposes godly and mature and other than them not agreeing with my take i have no reason not to take heed to what they're saying mm-hmm. and you know i they could be saying something from the text and i'm like yeah that that is what it means but you don't understand right and it's like like take heed listen and and you'll prosper Right, and, but if you but if you don't take heed, then you won't prosper. So that's so. Anyway, those are some of my thoughts. There's a lot to say there, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, and one of the things we we've said here on the program in the past as well is that while ultimately we want to seek godly wisdom, and that's what we take as Christians from the from the Proverbs, we are looking at the insight of what God is speaking to us through the Spirit, working into our hearts and inclining our hearts to take heed to this wisdom that is laid out before us. But even in that practical sense, as we've said before in the past, even an unbeliever can look to these Proverbs. Now, they may not, they're not going to grasp it in a spiritual sense because the natural man cannot discern spiritual things. But think about it. Someone who's giving you wise counsel, even in in the natural sense, um, if you take heed, it's probably going to be better for you. Oh, yeah. Like I have unbelievers at my job. If they come to me and say, Hey, if you do this, this way, it'll be better for you. And you take heed to it or you just, no, nah, I'm gonna do it my way. Right. Well, even when I was in the military, we had soldiers like that. You'd come alongside a soldier and say, Hey, if you try to put this stuff together like this, it's going to work out better for you. You're going to get it done. You're going to get it accomplished. And when they listen to that instruction of people who've done it before, they've learned they're going to prosper. They're going to do well. They're going to get promoted faster right? Because they're listening, they're taking heat. So even in that practical sense, while ultimately we're looking to the, 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 the wisdom that is given to us by God, right? Um, but we also, we can't, we can't avoid that, that, that even when it comes to money or whatever is in the Proverbs, you take this advice, you're going to do better because it's godly wisdom. Well, Ricky, that's a great point, right? Because you think of Israel's call to the nations, Right, they would be a light to the nations. Right, Jonah was to go to proclaim, and 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 in doing so, right, Proverbs is this skillful life, this skillful living. Look, look at the look at the you know the the the, the what does it say the the rain or the sun the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Right, mm-hmm. um, God God um, in his in his in his character of just being good. And 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 um uh, you know unchanging in his ways, he he uses providentially blessings right um for 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 the uh for the unrighteous um for them for them to be wet by God's blessing so that they could taste and see that they would know that Yahweh is the only true and living God so mm-hmm. so live for Him right 
as you as you see my life, how my family's at peace, how you see how I have good relationships with people uh, outside the home and in the community, and you wonder why it isn't because I'm this swell guy, it's because I've been born from above, right? And so your life can have peace too if you follow right our God. So so come, this is how you this is how you get to know him. So yeah, it it, it it's a whole it's a it's a a, a whole aspect of your, your your entire being. It's not just right. It's not we don't we we like to um you know this is these are spiritual truths, but this doesn't have any bearing on my business or my family or my you know it, it it's all of life that it bears on. And so it, so okay, you see you see how I want to honor God in my speech, right? And and, and oh you, oh you're a Christian. Yeah, I'm a Christian, and this is how we are to speak as Christians. Oh, wow, right? Or, or you're a Christian and you're speaking like that? Then I don't want to have anything to do with your God, right? So mm-hmm. so all that matters is holistic. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It should be, for the Christian, it should be building us to be more Christ-like. And then for the unbeliever, that takes heed to wisdom that's given to them from God's Word or from others, it's going to benefit them as well. And so, uh, moving on here to verse 21, uh, the wise of heart is called discerning, and sweetness of speech increases persuasiveness. So, uh, I don't know which one of you guys want to go first. Mm, Yeah, this is a good one. Um, I guess I'll go first. Um, so the why the wise of heart is discerning. This is always an interesting word, right? Because you have people who say they have the gift of discernment. Um, so so the word discerning here um, is is um, to hear or to apprehend information um, or to have skill or to realize. Um, and so so the person who's wise of heart is is um, is someone who, um, has skill in um, even the, another definition is of, of a specialized knowledge um, that is uh, effectively implemented. So someone someone who is skillful, someone who um, is um, he he hears and he he apprehends information uh, and and is able to utilize his skill. Right, Th- this is associated with the person who's wise of heart. The person who's wise of heart. And and this idea of of wise of heart, we know heart is not just the organ. It's not that's talking mm-hmm. about, but more so just the 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 being, right? The person who who you are as a as a as a person. So the person who who is wise, who's who's characterized as wise, this person is called discerning. This person is is a person who can live skillfully. Uh, someone who who's skillful in knowledge and in wisdom uh, knows how to apply the knowledge that he learned that he learned right, um, and and then and and sweetness of speech increases mm-hmm. persuasiveness. So so you see um, the, this this wise this the the wise of heart who is called discerning. Um, uh, it, it's a, this is applied even to to the smallest. Uh, part right is the tongue. We we know mm-hmm. what James says about the tongue. So even even this tongue that James says can't be tamed. Um, there there's sweetness that comes, not bitterness, but there's sweetness that comes out of the mouth 
of the wise of heart. Why? Because he's he's discerning, right? This is someone who's who's skillful, um, and 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 in light of that, he increases in persuasiveness, right? He he can he can um, um, diffuse arguments mm. and fights, and he can he can bring peace where there's war. Right. He can he can. Um, th- there's there's th- there's oftentimes I think of this even as a pastor. There are times when there are silly things. And, and I know I know we hear stories, but this is so true. There's silly things that people are divided over within the church. And, and we 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 hear songs and we raise our hands and we worship God. And yet we have quarrels with one another about the silliest things. And so it takes someone who's wise of heart and a brother or sister to say, hey, like, why do you have art against your brother or your sister? Right? Like, like this, the scriptures say, um, you know, especially as we're preparing to go to the Lord's table to, to put, put that aside, right? And, and maybe go make that right. See, where, whereas the, the fool or the quarrelsome one goes and, and they make division and they say, well, well, yeah, you know, so-and-so, you, you ought to be mad at them. You know, look at that. You, you, mm-hmm. You're right. You shouldn't forgive them. And now you have this, this fire, right? All because of this tongue. And so, so this verse really, man, is, is emphasizing um, the, the heart, right? Uh, it, it, it is, is your heart is who you are as a person characterized as wise or foolish. If you're characterized as the wise man or the wise woman, then you're discerning. You're skillful. Um, you, you're, you're cognizant of how to, you have wisdom on how to, how to take this knowledge that you know, whether it be in the word or of, of, a, of a certain skill, and, and you, you, you know how to apply it in real life. And you know how to, you know how to uh, put out fires, Right, not make them worse, but put out fires, and 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 it's this this sweetness of speech is the application of that. That's the that's the proof that the heart is is changed, right? Because it's even seen in this sweetness of speech that that um, can persuade, mm-hmm. right? And that's not manipulative persuasive right, right. Uh, persuasiveness. Um, that's persuasiveness that that helps someone to see a different perspective. Like, no, you, you shouldn't think that way about that person. That's wrong because, um, you know, this is how you should see them and helping them see, Oh yeah, you're right. Oh, brother, sister, thank you. So that, that's what I think this is what is being captured here. Yeah. What came to my mind as you was saying all that there, pastor is, uh, uh, a soft answer turns away wrath. Yes. Right. And so, and this is again why we 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 here emphasize the importance of being within a local church because you get to know people within that body. You're doing life with people in that congregation, so you get to know them. So you may know, and I'm just throwing names out here: a guy named Tim over here who who responds in a certain way when conflict comes around, and then you got a guy over here named John who responds differently, and and they're coming at odds with each other, and you're able to speak to John, speak to Tim in such a way where you're trying to exercise discernment because of the wisdom that God has given you. And you're trying and you're applying that wisdom so that you can bring reconciliation between those brothers. And, and this is what you ultimately, we all want to seek because um, let's be real. There's going to be conflict in churches. There's conflict in families. There's conflict in jobs. There's conflict because we're all sinners. And the, the fact is when they come, you come together, this is how you learn to work through these things. 
And, and, and so, and that tongue can be very divisive and, or it can be one that you use to exercise wisdom and be discerning as it's saying here, Mike, anything you want to add to? Yeah, I think this is a verse that calls us to think about, I don't know I've said it before. I think especially maybe in conservative Christians who like certain political commentators that say facts don't care about your feelings, which is true because they don't have feelings, but never addresses how we as people should act. Yes, facts mm -hmm. don't care about your feelings, but the person you're talking to has feelings and you should care mm -hmm. about them. I think when we think about the one who is wise and hard and is discerning is he's discerning these conversations. He knows what's going about and he uses his speech in a way that is like a calming balm mm. to the situation. There's a, I mean, I know Tim Keller got drilled about being winsome, but I think there's something there. Yeah. Like we're not to shy away from truth, but we are called to try to persuade, use God's word to persuade sinners or maybe to encourage a believer. And those that, that sweetness that comes there, I mean, uh, later on, um, gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Verse 24, we'll get in a few seconds. I think 21, 24, kind of you, you evaluate this, that this, this sweetness of speech in one way as emotional human beings um, just brings down our defensive. There's this caring aspect Um that go with it. I think the heart of the wise is discerning of that. What words and how I say it will make what I say the most impactful. It's not just words. And I mean, we look at it, I mean, just you can think of Twitter, you can think of angry street preachers and, and this seeming yelling is, is their message getting across? No, but it's when you are talking to that person and showing grace, not calling, I mean, you're going to, you're wanting to point out their sins, but not like yelling at them and calling them sinner mm -hmm. and thinking that they're going to, to respond positively, but to be able to not only show them that they are a sinner in need of a savior, but then the gracious call of the gospel to bring them. And I think that's when we mm. think there in that application, just having that discernment and with and witness encounters, I'm not going to lie. I have not always been discerning in a witness encounter and has gone very poorly because of how I've said something. Yeah. And that's on me. That's not obeying this command. It's not obeying to be wise as serpents or innocent as dove, as Jesus would call us to do in John 10, 16. And to, to think about what impact do my words say? We can say hard things. We mm -hmm. should say hard things. Jesus said hard things. Mm -hmm. But there are times when 
what people needed was a gracious word. Yeah. And well, like, gave it to them. yeah, like when you said calling people sinners, just to clarify, um, there's a way you can do that, right? When you're calling yeah. out people and saying, look, we're sinners, we're, we're, we're in need of a savior. So it's not necessarily just using the word calling someone a sinner, but the way in which you are using it. As you mentioned, the angry street preachers, we've seen these guys out here, these Pelagians that are angry and they're yelling at people for the way they dress, for the, the they're out drinking or whatever it may be we realize that sinners are going to do what sinners do. Unbelievers are going to act like unbelievers. But how do we want to convey the truth to them? If we're screaming mm -hmm. at them about the fact that they're smoking a cigarette while they're walking by you, that's really not going to be giving them the gospel with grace and in love, with compassion. Again, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of, we've seen it. These guys get very legalistic. But there's a way in going about it where you can call them to repentance, where you can point out sin, but doing it in such a way that gives grace to the hearer. Hmm. You know? Hey, Ricky, pe people, so let me just say one thing here. Pe people need to be able to, for lack of a better way of saying it, they need to be able to hear your heart, right? And they hear your heart by hearing your tone, looking into your eyes. Um, all that matters, mm -hmm. right? And so, um, you know, and 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 when you when you when you have love for a person, ultimately because you have love for God, right? Um, because that, and I say I say I, I preface it that way because we should we should love our neighbor. Yes, th that is that is a command, and we are to love God, right? Love God, love neighbor, but. But our, our, it is because of our love for God that we speak the truth to our neighbor. Because when we, if we, if we, if we focus our love solely on man, that's going to be fickle, depending on their actions, depending on our mood, depending on our day. And so, as we, as we are speaking to a person, um, and we want to persuade them otherwise, they need to be able to hear our heart. Mm -hmm. Say, man, listen. I love you. I care for you. And they need to be looking in our eyes, hear our tone. All that matters, man. And, and at the end of the day, um, they, they may, they may not take heed. Right. And, and yet you, 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 you did it in a way that honored the Lord. And, and I think, man, and, and so and there's so many things that we, we obviously don't know what the, what the day, when we stand before the Lord, what we'll be like. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, man, I think there's, I think there's rewards for how we had those private conversations with people, right? Were, were you were you boastful and prideful, and did you want to just get over and and win the argument and all? I think the Lord obviously He sees all that, and all that matters. And mm -hmm. those quiet, behind the scene conversations when when maybe we didn't say everything we wanted to say in that conversation, like man, like you know, there's been times when I left the conversation, I have a bullet list. Okay, these are things I want to touch on. And and dang on it, I missed three of them, and I really wanted to get to them. But you know what? In in that, there may be a follow up conversation, or man, in that it's like, Lord, I I, I sought to honor you. I did my best, God. I, I didn't shirk away from the truth. And Lord, they know enough information to change course. And if they don't, then God, I, I honored you. And 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 you may not have been able to touch every bullet point on your list. But but again, it's this it's this idea of man. Do you do you love this person in light of 
God, right? And then in mm -hmm. doing so, then do do that to his glory. Yeah, amen. All right, verse 22, it says, um, good sense is a fountain of life to him who has it, but the instruction of fools is folly. Mike, we'll come to you. Yeah, we feel like we've covered this one a lot. Again, it's in Proverbs. Good sense, wisdom, having the knowledge and rightly applying it mm. is a fountain of life. It brings about life. Mm. And obviously, this knowledge, this wisdom only is found through the Bible, through meditating and thinking about it and having a fear of God and the Holy Spirit instructing our hearts. But it brings about life, the one who has it. Wisdom brings life. And you just can't overstate that. When we act according to God's wisdom, we have life and we have it abundantly. And we're able to enjoy the life God has given to us. Enjoy, as Ecclesiastes would say, enjoy the wife of our youth, to enjoy the labors of our work, and to find God's joy in it. But it's the instruction of folly is, is folly. It never produces wisdom. There is no wisdom in it. And by implication, brings about destructions, brings about death, not necessarily and that I'm actually going to physically die, though that will happen or could happen, but that my, my life will be miserable. I'll be always constant and worrying. There is no trust in the Lord. And I'm going to keep doing things to compound on that. Going to keep getting in trouble or just having a miserable life, a miserable demeanor. So there, there's wisdom into thinking about what does it mean to have wisdom and to enjoy life versus seeing the destructiveness of folly. Yeah. Pastor Edwin, anything you want to add? Um, no, I, th I think that's good, man. The only thing I would just read, read in a different translation is the NIV. It just says prudence. Uh, is a fountain of life, um, fountain of life to the prudence, but folly brings punishment to fools. Mm. Yeah. All right, verse 23, it says, uh, the heart of the wise makes his speech judicious uh, and adds persuasiveness to his his lips. So we'll come back to you, uh, Pastor Edwin. Yeah, similar. I think you may mention this, Mike, similar to um, one of the verses we just covered. Um, the heart of the wise, uh, this is, um, I'll read it from the NLT here. Um, from, a, from a wise mind comes wise speech. The words of the wise are persuasive. Or the NIV, the, the hearts of the wise make their mouths prudent and their lips promote instruction. Um, so again, this connection between um, the wise person and their speech, right? Um and, and then and then their ability to to persuade others right their ability to to lead others um, or or to instruct others and to encourage others 
Um, yeah, so so that would, that, would, that would be my thoughts on that. Just this the connection between the heart and the speech and then the ability to um, have an impact on others um, for the good or for the negative. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike, unless there's something you want to say, we'll kind of move on. Uh, to the next yeah, one. Yeah, we can move on. Okay. So gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health uh, to the body. And, you know, the the word honey, honey is used quite often in the scripture. I mean, God tells the Israelites he's going to lead them into a land filled with milk and honey. And so you think of the sweetness of, of this honey. And you think about these pleasant words or these gracious words uh, sweetness to a soul and health to a body. And it's not only the words that you say um, being gracious in, in the way of building up people, I would think, right? So you, your words of counsel, sympathy, encouragement, uh, they're going to satisfy the soul of the hearer. You're wanting to build them up. So it's glad, uh, gracious words are like this honeycomb, the sweetness uh, to the soul and health to the body. Mike, we'll come to you. What would you want to add? Yeah. I think you see the gracious words, but I also want to kind of point out the connection of the body and the soul that they're, they're mm. connected They're We can't divorce them. It's not, um, to, to say like, it's only good spiritually. These words, mm-hmm. no, the, the gracious words brings life to our soul, it rejuvenates our soul. And that also has an effect on our body. When you see this in um, secular scientific research about joy and happiness and the effects it has on a person's life. And to, to think about their research, it's reflection of what Proverbs is telling us they are discovering what God has already told us about it. And to, to think about the theological debates, whether it's the presidency of the SBC or Calvinism, Arminianism or dispensational covenant theology and, and the heatedness of these words, or even problems in the church, different um, issues. There is a graciousness in the discussion that brings life to it, that brings people together. And I think it even encounters when we see people sad, they're, they're being weighed down by mm-hmm. the weariness of this life and coming along beside someone and giving them gracious words, words that bring them back in conformity of, of their thoughts into what scripture has to say and encouragement and, and being there, there is this life giving aspect that the spirit provides in these words, which I think it's always, it's always scary. Like I, I I feel like we always have to um, throw this out there because when we think about, our words giving life, life giving uh-huh. words. We always want to go to charismatic stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. And we shouldn't because we, we need to take back what the Bible says and not let them hijack it. 
but you're absolutely right, Mike. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I know sometimes people hear those things and that's what kind of comes to their mind. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an appropriate thing to think. And maybe to, to clarify it, it's not that our words give life. It's that the spirit uses our words to give life because the spirit mm -hmm. is the life giving spirit. And so I think just, just thinking about again, that also communicates that you have to have people in community to give you these words. Mm -hmm. So not all these words important for your own soul and health, but they're also done within community. And they're not, that's, you know, as kind of mentioned earlier, you just can't live the Christian life on your own, on a boat fishing. Christian life is the Christian life. God has made us to grow together in community. Mm. Yeah. You know, as you guys were talking, I was thinking of the atheist, right? Um, denies the existence of God. Um, and yet you see, um, this verse really is pointing us to one of the many truths is we're created in the image of God, right? God, God, God speaks and the world comes into existence, right? God, God speaks and, and creation comes about, right? Um, uh, he, he forms man, he forms woman out of the rib of man, right? He, 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 he has this power to speak and, and, and not that we can speak things into existence, right? God is the one who does that. And yet our words have the ability to build up and to tear down, right? We can edify, we can encourage, right? Um, and, and, and we can, we, we see this, uh, for those of you who have young children, you can crush your children's spirit, um, by, by especially, uh, fathers, um, because they're stronger and they're louder, their voice is deeper. They can crush their children's spirit with their words and with their actions. And, and you think about, um, you know, it isn't, it isn't just the person's soul that's crushed, right? With, with, you think about a false teacher, right? False teacher, they use words and they speak, but they speak lies on God. And what does it do? It crushes the soul of an individual, Right, because now this person is separated from God unless they trust in the true gospel. Mm -hmm. Well, and not only that, but there's there's physical ramifications. You think about people who who've been verbally abused, and how that causes them to mutilate their bodies or to do all sorts of things. Um, it, it affects them psychologically, and so you just see that um, that 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 the power that that God has um, in, instilled individuals who are created people who are created in the image of God and and isn't it interesting that that Jesus says that that oh by the way every one of us will be held accountable for the words that we use the, mm -hmm. for the words that we speak right um that that there will be no lost words uh that, that that God has not gathered and so uh the wise man again going back to 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 this this proverb the the wise man is is a person who who uses gracious words and and again Jesus's words out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks right so so uh uh, uh you know someone someone who isn't a, a a Christian may speak um positive words right but but they're not gracious words according to the spirit see the one who sees all things and tests all things knows whether or not this is um, gracious 
from a heart that is regenerated, right? Because this is this is powerful, brothers. When you think about the work of the Spirit, see, we we see things on a surface level, right? But but God knows the heart. He sees he he sees the individual. He knows them, and so someone may be deceptive with their words. You think of the serpent, right? Oh, well, you know, God, God just doesn't want you to be like him. And he was like, he, he's so nice. You know, look, 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 God is holding back from us. And yet he's deceptive, right? He's wicked. And yet God sees. And so this, the, these, these gracious words come from a heart that has truly been regenerate. Right. And, and the evidence is that they're not bitter. They're like, they're sweet, like honey. Right, they 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 they're they're like, they're like a honeycomb. There's sweetness to the soul and to the body, um, and and then just one last thing is that to your point, Mike, is that God doesn't just care about your soul, he cares about your body, right? Your 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 body. Where where uh, there's a, there's a dichotomy of man, right? Where body and soul, or body, soul, and spirit. However, you split it, right? The soul and the spirit being uh, the the same, or or if you're a trichotomist, you know, then you believe that they're the three separate entities. Whatever the case is, we're not just you know these floaty things, these immaterial. No, we're we're a soul, and we have a soul that's going to last forever, and we have bodies that are going to be raised from the grave, and they matter. What we do now, and all that matters, and, and there's a connection in that with words. So. Yeah, amen, amen. Now, this next verse here is uh, it's a good one. They're all good, right? But this one really speaks to me when you think about this. It says, mm-hmm. uh, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. How often, if we're just being honest, do we think we know the right way to go in things and our hearts deceive us? Our heart is deceitful above all things, and the world wants to tell you to follow it. And how many times have we given into the flesh and followed in those ways? But it always leads to death, right? Ultimately, it leads to death. Now, for the believer, uh, you're not going to lose your salvation, but there's still consequences uh, in the decisions that you make and, and, and uh, act out uh, in life. And so this is, this is a, a very um, cutting verse to me when I think of the things that I've wanted to do my own way in things rather than taking heed to the counsel or the wisdom that others have tried to give or, or you know, given to me. Mike, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, as you said, you look at it, there's a way that seems right. Um, kind of looking at a commentary and kind of, um, he mentions that a man stands at the beginning of the road and it looks fine to him. And how kind of us looking and thinking that, maybe this is the way it is. Um, Maybe it's more instinctively. Kind of an example is China. I was in Spain trying to get back on base and the road was closed. We had to go around and I made a turn on a road that seemed to be a good road and get me to a place. And the next thing I know, I'm stuck in the middle of an olive orchard with mud all around my tires. That wasn't it right way it seemed right but it wasn't and it ended us in a very dirty call but when we we think about our when we plan 
without thinking about or recognizing God's role in our lives. It will lead us to destruction. And thinking about, I mean, just the effects of Adam's sin on our lives and how we still think that we can make our way to God either in justifying ourselves or thinking that we can be like God and all that he is. But in the end, when we neglect the wisdom of scripture and the, and those who've come before us, all it leads is, is death. It just, it leads us to be disconnected from God, not trusting in him. And we will face the the judgment of God. As though this should be a very serious on our minds when we are planning. Are we going to be like, as Jesus would say, the farmer, he's going to build this bigger barn to store his grains, not considering the Lord's. And the Lord says, you fool, it is tonight that I demand your life. Mm, yep. Or are we going to say as James would, if the Lord wills, we will go to such and such town and, and make money. So this verse really makes us to consider our plans in light of God and God's providence. Mm. Yeah, man, this, this, this verse, man is, um, you know, obviously it's all inspired, Mm -hmm. um, but there's there's some verses that you know I, th I think the um, the Holy Spirit they're, they're they're more common to us you know uh, for different reasons and this is obviously an evangelistic verse uh, when you're out there preaching the gospel um, you, you're saying you know to, to individuals or to members there's a way that seems right right the end is destruction and you can you can break down this application in so many ways you think about uh, relationships um, young young people who who um, who who don't have wisdom and and aren't taking heed to wisdom, find themselves in relationships, um, and 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 there's 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 death in the end if if you right you you put yourself in a position where now you've um, you know have sexually transmitted diseases, mm -hmm. um, and now uh, you have you have baby mama drama, right? And, and all those things, right? It, it is it, it it is talking about eternal death, right? Eternal separation, but but in in the state of eternal separation, um, there's something that precedes that, right? There, there's this there's this this walking dead individual, right? And so so this person who's who's without Christ, they're alive, and yet. Um, they're, they're unregenerate. They're, they're, they're mm -hmm. dead. And so, um, you know, if, if, if you're, if you're dead you, and we, we got to think, right. This is a verse that you got to smell too. Cause when you think about death, it's, it's a stench that is, it, it's un you can't shake it out of your nose when you, when you get it, that that's what a life is like that it, it, it it lives blindlessly, right? It lives like it lives like the young man uh, in Proverbs who's just casually walking down the street, mm -hmm. right? 
and decides to go to, um, you know, this, this woman's house while the prostitute's house while her husband is away and he's just living life and living, let live and just doing his thing. See, he seems he seems like he's on the right path. Right. Like, don't, don't be so serious. Don't be so uptight. Yeah. You know, everybody says Jesus is coming back and he and it's like, you know, you you don't know. You think you do. Right. And and yet there there is a way that seems right. And it's but then there's death in the end. So it's it's a sobering verse, man, because um, I, I don't I don't think I, I know this doesn't apply to believers in that Um that 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 used to be us, right? We're, mm-hmm. we're we're no longer associated with death. Christ conquered that, mm-hmm. right? He he overcame that, and and he's gonna he's that's the last enemy that's gonna be defeated is death. It's gonna be destroyed, and so we're we're alive in Christ. We're risen in Him, right? Uh, so now there's life. So now now we're looking back, saying, look, we were on that path, right? We we were we were on the road that leads to destruction. And it leads to death, right? Um, you, you think of um, the, the the old evangelist uh, illustration. The, the the building is burning. Like get mm-hmm. out, get out, right? There's death there, and right. so um, so anyway, there's a lot of things, man. The other thing I'll just say in, in closing my thoughts is this reminds me of the Pilgrim's Progress, right? Pilgrim is is on the road to the celestial city, and there's all these people that come to him, Mr. Worldly Wise Man, and all these people that come to him trying to get him off the path. And, right. and in essence, what they're doing is they're trying to get him off the path of life, the highway, right, of the upright, and they're, 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 they're trying to bring him to the pathway of death. And that is, that is in, in the words of Paul, this is the spiritual war that, that, uh, that believers are in, right? Remain in Christ. If you're in him, remain in him. Because if you go off the path, however you think it looks, however it's been painted or glossed over, it's death, right? And and, and Judas found that out. Uh, so anyway, I'm, this isn't a sermon, but man, it, this thing gets me bubbled up, man, because it's so much there, you know? Yeah, Absolutely. Now, this next one is um, verse 26. It says, a worker's appetite works for him. His mouth urges him on. I think because of the fall, we we have this different kind of relationship with work. But God gave us work. And when you think about it, um, your appetite works for you. When you're providing for your family, there's 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 something that it 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 does to a man as he's working to provide for his family and to, to feed them and to, to take care of the bills and to take care of these things. Or even when you, when you're building something and you're, you're working in the house on a project and you finish it, you feel good about it. It builds up a man. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's about all I'm going to say with that one. But, um, Mike, go ahead, man. You're on mute. There's an incentive here um, that goes on. I think it, it parallels what Paul says that if you if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. Mm-hmm. That um, the worker's appetite brings about work. It it uh, provides kind of the other side of or the argument to not be lazy. 
Mm-hmm. To to get out and to work and to do what God has called you to do, mm. and not to find yourself lounging around like the lazy man who rolls in his bed like um, a swinging door. Like you, you get those images of the importance of providing for yourself. Even in Old Testament law, the poor, while they may not have land to farm, God graciously provided them crops, the edges of the field. But in order to have the food, they still had to work for it. Mm-hmm. They still had to go out there and harvest it. I think it just it, it reminds us what God has called us to do, and it is to work. It is to expand the kingdom to and not only in one sense in, in spiritual ways, but also to subdue the creation as the as the mandate for man was given, to have dominion over all the creatures. And uh, like you're sounding like a post-millennialist. Come on, baby. I'm just <laughs> I know we got we got Pastor Edwin up here. So to get me excited. Keep going, brother. <laughs> Don't mind him. Keep speaking. <laughs> and you know, we're, we're called to do that. We're called to work and to provide for ourselves, knowing that it's God who provides through these means. That's how God provides for us. And that we should be rightly motivated to pursue worthy endeavors and work. Yeah. Yeah, Pastor Edwin, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, yeah. So just amen, brother. That was great. Um, not not just the post-millennial aspect of it. Uh, but no. But so like you think of uh, th- listen to the verse. It says a work a worker's appetite works for him. Mm-hmm. His mouth urges him. So it's the appetite in the mouth that are that are um, you know, it's, this person is the worker, but then you have this inanimate thing of like appetite. Um, you think about like desire, the, uh, this, this want, right? So, you know, man, you know, you, 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 you want this, whatever desire, this, whether it be food in this case, appetite, um, uh, works, works for him. And so there's this, there's this part, man, where, um, you know, obviously work is good. Desire is good. Um, as long as it's a desire that's pleasing to the Lord, Mm -hmm. right? Um, and and that that is what that is what urges this man on, right? The to the 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 ability to um, have uh, what his what his soul desires, right? Um, and 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 who's the one that is the giver of all good gifts? It is it is God Himself, right? And so so you you can receive this plentiful um, this this blessing. Right from God uh, of having your 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 desires met, um, but but it's according to His will, and the will is His His desire. His will is that you work, and and if, as a man works, as you mentioned, a man eats. If a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. Um, and and this um, also this, and you know, in 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 the world we live in now, where everything's given for free, um, it really takes away. The, the blessing from this verse, 
right? Why, why, what, what's the incentive to work mm-hmm. um, or what's, or not even just to work, but what's the, what's the incentive to, to do work with excellence, right? Which is really, which is really taking, it's really uh, dehumanizing an individual because uh, as image bearers, we're called to be like, be like God, right? So, mm-hmm. so, so be holy as I'm holy. So, so, the, the 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 our our creator is excellent in all his ways right um and and so you be excellent in in all that you do for his glory and and in doing so with your work right then he'll he'll bless you and, and if you and, you know he'll he'll give you these these good desires that you want um and so anyway those those are my thoughts with that just with observation on there yeah. All right. So this next section here, we're going to go into these next four verses and combine them together. Um, a lot of this has been dealing with speech and, and communication. And so um, these do as well. So verse 27 through 30 says, a worthless man plots evil and his speech is like a scorching fire. A dishonest man spreads strife and a whisperer separates close friends. A man of violence entices his neighbor and leads him in a way that is not good. Whoever winks his eye plans dishonest things, and he who pursues his lips brings evil to pass. Mike, I know that's four verses there. They all kind of go together, go along with the theme of what we've been seeing here, but uh, we'll go to you. I think you see here, kind of as I think through this and read it over again, kind of verse 27 and 30 go together in a really nice understanding worthless man of plotting evil. Um, you have this idea of plans, but 28, 29 kind of dig deeper into what is happening. So worthless man plans evil. His speech is like a scorching fire. It, it destroys. He spreads strife. He separates close friends. Mm-hmm. He he's again bringing destruction in it, mm-hmm. but he he's just not doing it by himself. He tries to entice his neighbor mm-hmm. to join in, to lead him in a way that's not good. I think we we see here, even from the beginning, the very beginning of Proverbs, when Solomon is entreating his son not to follow evildoers. Mm-hmm. Not to presume because they they want to take captive of you. When we think about a worthless man, a, a sinful man, a man who who plots evil, it's never just by himself. He wants others with him. He is trying to bring them in to do the evil things that he wants to be done. And there are things that destroy. We've talked about gracious words and, and encouraging and lifting up. These words destroy. Destroy relationships. And when he brings them in, there's that further destruction of their life. We're kind of referring back to the way that seems right to man, bringing them in, in that destruction that it leads to. So you see kind of this idea of what sinful people, maybe not say explicitly, but what happens 
they devise evil. They want others to be partakers of them and lead them into destruction. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's powerful, man. And uh, as you were speaking, uh, Brother Mike, I was thinking of Romans 1, right? Um, it seems like, it, obviously, Paul Paul had these uh, verses uh, in the Proverbs in mind. Uh, you think of Paul, I, I noticed this in Paul's writing, too. I mean, even in Colossians, he talks about, um, you know, uh, this spiritual wisdom, right? This wisdom, and, and even James is wisdom from above. Um, they, they, they were soaked in the Proverbs and, and, and in the Old Testament and, um, you know, but in, in Romans 1, uh, just verse 32, the, the conclusion of that section says, though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to them who practice them, mm -hmm. right? Th this is, this, this is a worthless man. Right. This is this is uh, someone who's dishonest. Right. Um, this is a man of violence. Right. And 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 the thing about these words is, you know, we think about um, a man of violence. For example, we 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 see we see a, a bloody, gory image when we think of the word violence, and yet, right, to 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 speak contrary to God's ways, to call good evil and evil good is 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 by definition a, a man or a woman of violence, uh -huh. right? You think about um, you know the, uh, Ezekiel's, you know uh, he 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 was a man without blood on his hands because he 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 no longer he he spoke the truth, right? Think about people who speak the lie. There's there's blood on their hands. Right before, before a a a, a God uh, who 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 sent His Son so that His blood would be shed. Right, and so now, on the day of judgment, this man of violence who has who has lied with his tongue will have blood on his hand, and it won't be he he it won't be the blood of the Lamb. And this man will receive the 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 full wrath of God, right? And and you know that that doesn't have to be the case. I will go into a gospel presentation, right, at this point. But that that doesn't have to be the case because because Christ bore that wrath, and yet, mm -hmm. right? But 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 so when we think of this verse, um, this dishonest man. So I think I, I saw a couple of things here. See uh, verse twenty-seven, a dishonest man. Verse twenty-eight. Uh, oh, excuse me. Verse twenty-seven, a worthless man. Verse twenty-eight, a dishonest man. Verse twenty-nine, a violent man. And then um, going back to verse twenty-seven, this worthless man, he plots evil. Verse twenty-eight, the dishonest man, he spreads strife. Uh -huh. Verse twenty-nine, a man of violence, he entices his neighbor. See, it's chaos. It's destruction. It's division. It's mm -hmm. drama, it's trouble, it's death. Yeah. Yeah. Well said, well said. All right, so verse 31, as we move on here, gray hair is a crown of glory. It is gained in its righteous life. And, uh, you know, when you think about gray hair, um, I, I was saying before the show, I like how the King James calls it hoary head. 
you know, and I love to say that because then you have to explain to, to people like, what, what are you talking about? Corey head. Right. But, um, God likens the respect for aged individuals with reverence for himself. We see this in Leviticus 1932, uh, which says, uh, you shall stand up before the gray head and honor the face of an old man and you shall fear your Lord, uh, or your God. I am the Lord. And so, it should cause us who are in Christ to look at this as it's a crown of glory, right? But it should also, for those that have rejected Christ, should remind them of the pending doom that awaits. Because as with age, life is but a vapor, right? As you, you can continue to grow in your age and you get more gray hair. And so if you're not in Christ, this isn't, seen as a crown of glory for you. This is seen as you're, you're, you're slowly working your way towards uh, judgment before God. And so if you don't know him, uh, as, as Pastor Edwin was getting into a gospel presentation there, if you don't know him, we plead with you to turn to Christ, uh, to turn to him. Mike, anything you would want to add to this, uh, this verse here? Yeah, I think kind of in relation with that, what sticks out to me is that this gray hair is gained in a righteous life. Mm -hmm. And when we, we think about not our righteousness that we gain from Christ, I think this is a, a righteousness in, in how we live before God as God fears, as we practice wisdom that that gives us years. Mm -hmm. It allows our hair to turn gray. And there's wisdom in years and faithfully following the Lord. Now, as we've mentioned multiple times, and just to, to, to bring that into conversation here, these are general principles. Right. There will be wise men who will die early because of martyrdom or whatever means in which God has planned in their life. But what we can say is that those who have gray hairs have lived a righteous life. They have, they have obeyed God's wisdom. Even if it's a non-believer who has no inherent righteousness, who doesn't have the righteousness of Christ in their lives, using the general revelation in which God has given to us in our conscience, those who don't do foolish things live longer. Mm -hmm. As much as we joke about it, about men dying earlier to women because they do foolish things, which is a characteristic of our, our commentary, even on our society, there's truth in that. If you do wicked things, things you do sinful things that can harm your body and it shows you what your the dispensation of your soul you will die sooner that this corruptible body will will decay to the sin mm -hmm. and we should consider that of what does it mean to live a righteous life before God, to honor his commandments, to obey them. 
And in, in doing so, as long as the Lord um, gives, our hair will turn gray. And we will kind of embody the wisdom of walking in this valley of death, being protected by God. Yeah. Yes, well said, brother. Um, I think I think I, I love I love this verse because uh, this is this is really what intrigued me to start the proverbial life um, in 2016 was this idea of leaving a legacy behind, and this is this really speaks into that leaving a legacy. Um, you know, there's something that, that it it's telling the day that we're living in where um, there aren't. There aren't fathers in the faith, or and I don't I don't want to just say there aren't, right? But but you think about like grandparents um, that have lived mm -hmm. life that can that can uh, give wisdom to the, the younger generation, and they take heed and they grow and and, and all that. Um, but 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 this idea of because as a cross reference to this verse, this is uh, Proverbs seventeen six. It says, "Grandchildren are a crown mm -hmm. of the aged." And the glory of children is their fathers, right? So, so this 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 gray-haired person is someone who lived in a way that was pleasing to the Lord. And again, this isn't across the board. This doesn't mean because you're gray. You know, some some people have gray hair, and right. they they live wickedly. And and they they they're going to be judged by that, right? So so obviously this isn't a, a you know a one one for one, but but the, the the premise, the idea is that the 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 righteous the the, the righteous who live long, um, they'll they'll see they'll see their inheritance, they'll see they'll see their their heritage, they'll see these arrows, right? It says that children are 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 are, um, are arrows, right? That they're they're thrown out into the world. Um, we're, we, we disciple them, we train them, we instruct them in the ways of the Lord. And then they go forth in the world and they proclaim Christ and, you know, and, and all these things like this is I, ideally, this is what should happen, right? Our hope and our prayer. And so the person who lives long enough to see this good fruit, this is a, this is a crown of glory. And, and, and it is gained by living in a way that is, that is righteous, so it's a blessing, right? I, I know this mm -hmm. is a name that, that has become taboo to mention, but it, you think of uh, individuals like John MacArthur, who've lived long enough to to not only just go through wars spiritually and you know spiritual battles, but you look at look at the family pictures of generations, right, uh, of his family tree, or 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 that that godly old man or woman at your church that have the the the, the generations, the huge picture, right, uh, with with all their children's children's children there, like just being able to look at that and see that's a glory, that's a that's a crown of glory mm -hmm. on that person, um, and 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 to be able to 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 take heed. Uh, to, to be able to see that is is really uh, it's hard to explain. It's like, it's 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 it, and I I don't, I don't want to get in trouble by saying this, but it's like it's heaven before heaven, right? It's like it's like a taste of heaven before heaven is actualized. 
right? Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that, it gets a, it's a foretaste of what's to come. This blessing, this joy, this, 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 this stepping. It's like at the, it's like Paul when he finishes, he steps back and he says, "I finished the race." Like, like I've, I've given myself over as a drink offering, right? I've, I've put it all out there for you, God. He, this is yours, right? Like, and, and it's mm. the same thing. This gray-haired person could step back and go, like, I've I, I've lived righteously for you. This is yours, God, and that's a beauty. Now, I'll just say one thing, and I'll shut up. Um, I think another application is Rehoboam on the opposite end, right? So Rehoboam, switching course, doesn't doesn't take heed to the advice of the wise men. Mm-hmm. Right, he doesn't. He doesn't listen to his father's counsel via those who you know who who were his 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 older uh, counselors that were that were behind. And instead, he listens to the younger. You a fool, Rehoboam. Right. That was foolish of you. Mm-hmm. Right, and we see the consequences of that. So anyway, those are some of my thoughts on that. Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, we got two more verses. Uh, I know we're a bit long here, but uh, we thank you for it's my fault, staying y'all. with us. Sorry, no, it's good. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, we the last few weeks that we've been doing this, we've kind of gone about a half hour or so over. All right, so here we go. We got these last two verses. Um, I'll read them together, and then we'll we'll talk about them and we'll close it out. But whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. Uh, the lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. So, Mike, we'll come to you first, and then we'll go to uh, Pastor Edwin, and we'll wrap wrap this one up. Yeah, verse thirty-two. Um, slow to anger. Should consider this. This is how God acts. God is slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. So, whoever is slow to anger acts like. The Lord, and He's better than the mighty. I think, and then uh, He who rules His spirit implied is better than He who takes the city. Is the one who who controls His emotions does not is better than the one who just reacts, who uses His strength. I think we. I, I, a biblical example of kind of what this isn't is in case of um, Israel and what happened to his daughter. I can't think of all of them. And, and the sons devise a way to basically destroy the city. He says they want the one who mistreated his daughter comes, wants to marry her. They're like, well, you can't marry her until you're circumcised. They're circumcised, and then they slaughter them in the pain. These, Those are not those who are slow to anger. They bring kind of in that destruction. They take the city. But the one who is, is slow to anger, the one who rules his spirit, I think alludes to one who is looking peacefully. He's trying to they're trying to maintain peace. There's a thoughtfulness that slow to anger brings. They're not rash in that way. And so when we consider this slow to anger, it's calling us to be like God, who is slow to anger with 
the unbelieving and calls them repeatedly through the gospel to repent and doesn't destroy them right away. I think, and so there's, there's a, there's a element, which when we look at being slow to anger, we take the long road to peace. We don't let our emotions get the best of ourselves and destroy. And verse 33 is just a great text on God's providence. We may choose things, we may think about things or cast lots, but in the end, it comes from the Lord. And to, to hold and to think about, to take seriously the decisions we make because we'll be held accountable, but knowing in God's sovereign plan, he has ordained this. And how this works out is a mystery. We don't know. We are creatures trying to peer into the thoughts of someone who is not created, who's infinite and holy. But to hold that, even that we talked about our last week's show or a couple weeks ago, about the Lord purposes all things. He has his hand in it. That even the lot, which in our thinking, in our perspective, is random, is still controlled by God. God was not surprised who became the replacement for Judas in the room in Acts 1. It was God ordained to happen as it was, and yet we see them cast lots for the replacement. And so we have to hold these truths together that we make genuine free choices, genuine choices, not free, general choices, but that these choices are governed by the hand of God. Yeah, man. Um, oh, go ahead, brother. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. So verse 32, it makes me want to ask a question, right? So whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty and he who rules his spirit. Um, so, so as I'm, as I read that verse, I'm thinking, um, you know, who, how, how do you do that? Like how, how does that happen? Uh, and, and it kind of goes without saying with all these verses it's by faith because mm -hmm. you recognize that, right. So, so, so there's this, there's this comparison, um, the, the, um, slow to anger, right? Who, whoever, this whoever person is, is slow to anger. He's being, being compared to this mighty, the mighty one, right? Well, well, the thing is this, is that um, vengeance is the Lord's. And, and we have to believe that by faith. And so, so this, this, this slow to anger, and again, uh, or even in, uh, later it says in, um, in, in the New Testament, be angry, but sin not. Right, so so the, the the this 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 being slow to anger is better than the mighty, um, and the one who rules his spirit than the one who takes a city. It's it's knowing that um, one day all wrongs will be made right, and that even even in even in my my lack of self control in anger, even if I can give full range to my anger, it still um, would fall short in accomplishing 
God's righteous vengeance on a situation, right? Um, and and that isn't again. That is one more thing with that is um, the heart. The heart of a wise man, the heart or the actions of a believer is characterized by self-control, right? We see this in the the fruit of the spirit. The one of the one of the, the anchors is this this idea of self-control. So so if you if you don't have self-control, if you if you if you're not slow to anger, you're you're wild, right? This 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 sea that's uncontrollable. Um, you're like Cain who killed his brother, right? You're a murderer, right? Um, and so 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 you don't rule your spirit. Um, and so you're gonna be be taken captive. All right, enough with that. Verse 33. Um, classic. Classic sovereignty of God verse, right? I mean, th- this is this is good for us to to this is good medicine for us, you right? Like this is this is a reminder for us um to remember it's it's good for us to remember that God is sovereign over all things, whatsoever comes to pass. Um, like all all things are according to God's sovereign decree and sovereign will, and yet and yet, individuals make decisions that they will be held accountable before yeah. one day, right? And 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 so 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 be encouraged, Christian, right? Because there's there's times when we're in doubting castle, going back to the Pilgrim's Progress, where we just we just doubt, right? We 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 make the whole course of life based on all the minute decisions we've made in life. Right, you you you, you want to rack your brain? My wife and I were talking about this. I said, I said, Boo, what would have happened if if right out of um, uh, what it, what would have happened if you would have went to that college instead of this college? Right, then we wouldn't have met. Then we wouldn't have had these kids. Then we wouldn't right. And and you just and yet it would have been wise for you to go to that college. It would have been cheaper. It would have been all this. It would have been that. And you should have done it. And you could have done it. It would have been all paid for, but you didn't do it. Why? You chose not to do it. Yet it was the Lord. Mm-hmm. It was the Lord who directed your path. And so, so, so we can have this confident assurance that you name it, every molecule, every dust particle, everything is under the complete sovereign rule and authority of God. And yet be wise. Mm-hmm. Because your decisions matter, and one day we will stand before this thrice holy God. Yeah, Amen, Amen. I even say this with my my boys when we put them to uh, do the dishes, and we say, "Hey, you guys need to do the dishes tonight." They will do the um, um, what is it? Uh, rock paper scissors to see who's washing yeah. and who's drying. Even that. Because we think of these contexts and we think of what is a lot. Well, that's even ordained by the Lord, which one's going to be washing and which one's going to be drying. And so, yeah, God is absolutely sovereign in it. Hey, real real quick, we're going to play a, a quick little commercial video. I don't usually do this, but uh, um, Michael Williams from uh, beanecho.com, Echoes, uh, sent this over to me. Um, we have a shirt out there if you'd like to help. Support. You can go to echoes or be in echo.com and the proceeds for this shirt, Mark and Avoid, uh, come to G220 Radio. And so we're really thankful for that. And so here is this video.
Man, that was nice there. I, I like the uh, shirt, like the logo. I like that he put sixteen eighty nine on the bottom of it there for us. You know, Did so. Uh, oh yeah, he yeah. put that in there. Put right. that in there. <laughs> That's you may be Westminster, man. but you know, <laughs> it's all good. I'm a but, buy one uh, anyway. Yeah. No, these are uh, they they do help support uh, G220 Radio. The proceeds that go to it, uh, like I said, they come. Uh, and Michael is sending those to us, so we thank him for that. Uh, so you can get one there at bnecho.com. That's been G220 Radio for tonight. Uh, Pastor Edwin, we thank you for coming on the program. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of is a joy uh, listening to the insights, Mike. Uh, I think from both of us, we thank you for coming on the program. Next week, I think we're going to be digging into Proverbs 17. I think that's what we're going to do next week, um, unless something else comes up and we uh, go a different direction. But until then, that's been G220 Radio for tonight. God bless, and we'll see you next time.